It's just after 6 o'clock in the big city. It's time for America's favorite Las Vegas sports show, Sports X Radio with Ken Thompson. <laughs> yeah, what up? Party's going on. Duh. Going to a party. Sports X Radio with Ken Thompson is brought to you by Hannah Shea Boyle and Rabapudi. Trial lawyers that get results. Steiner's Pub, a true Nevada style pub. Preventative Diagnostic Center. Rob Ritchie, Farmers Insurance. So get ready because Sports X Radio with Ken Thompson starts now. Now. Uh, KT, SportsX Radio. Yes, it is a live show. It is Friday night, of course, and it uh, means the Friday football fiasco. I'm hoping everybody had a great Thanksgiving. Hope you enjoyed some great family time and continuing to do so throughout the weekend. It's a long weekend, and uh, yeah, we just figured we'd come at you and go live. So much to get caught up on, and of course, we'll be back on Monday, but really looking forward uh, to a great week. And of course, Tuesday. Uh, my wife's birthday, Christina, so I don't know if I'll be in studio Tuesday, but we'll wait and see. We're going to try and work that out with Chris Wynn if C. Wynn uh, can uh, come in. Otherwise, KT will be back on the air on Tuesday as well. But a great show in store for you, as always, on Friday nights, Friday Football Fiasco. Of course, we've got Megalox coming up in about mm, about 19 minutes from now. Chris Warinsky over there north of the border and does a great job. Megalox.co is the website. Loves his college football, even though he lives up there in hockey land north of the border. And then hour number two, John Cole, BCCS Sports, continues to move forward with his crew. And he will join me uh, first two segments. And then we'll close with Sisau, who's out in Cali visiting mom. And I'll uh, take some time. He's got a couple games that he'll close the show with as far as college football. And he is still 18 games over 500, splitting out 2-2 two and two last week. But he is solid 38-20. and 20 so far on the show all season long. So a lot of good, solid free picks outside of the ones I've been giving you, but I'm telling you, KT taking it on the chin, not only last week, but so far this week, I mean, can't get anything to go right. So, you know, that's the thing, you know, sometimes uh, as good as you think you are, as much as you think you know, you can be humbled, whether it's college football, pro football, college basketball, NFL, doesn't much matter. Uh, you can take your uh, lumps every now and then. Brad Powers having a tough week as well. So, again, and nobody knows more about college football than Brad. I mean, the guy lives it, uh, eats, drinks, and sleeps it, but sometimes things just don't go your way. Uh, some tough games today. Central Michigan, uh, loser there. And how about... The total in Iowa, Nebraska, over 25 and a half. And this game's 10 to 10, you know, for a long time, third quarter. And so all you need is one touchdown, right? I mean, actually, I uh, was tied up. Uh, no, in fact, yeah, 10 10. Uh, probably, I think you had 24 minutes that you needed six points. So one score. And everything that could go wrong goes wrong. Like you can't choreograph it anymore. And then Nebraska gets an interception late. So, you know, and Brad gives me Nebraska money line, which makes sense. And, uh, you know, they've got the ball and they're in Iowa territory. And then Purdy, uh, Chuba Purdy, who is uh, Brock Purdy's younger brother, of course, Brock coming off a nice game yesterday with the Niners taking out Seattle in a big way. But he literally throws a pass that looks like he throws it right to the linebacker. I mean, nobody else is near this guy within 15, 18 yards, and he just, like, lobs it right to him. So if you're, you know... Matt Holt with his uh, integrity company, you're looking and you're going like, what is this? This is unbelievable. I mean, it's just everything 
the, it, it just kind of looked like he threw it right to him. But you do see the receiver probably about seven yards back cutting across. So, you know, it's a timing pattern. Football's football. But sometimes you look at stuff and you just go like, my goodness, if I didn't know better, I would think uh, so-and-so, uh, somebody must have had the under on that game. 25 and a half. It is the lowest under ever as far as, you know, the total they put out between the two teams for it to either go over or under that total. But 25 and a half, and you're sitting at 20 with, uh, you know, a good 22 minutes to go in the game, and you can't get it. And after that interception, uh, busted play uh, that turns into a big run, and at the end, Iowa ends up kicking a field goal. Iowa is a team that is and 10-2. They are the worst 10-2 and team, I think, of all times in college football. Nothing against Iowa Hawkeye fans or their, or their team or their organization. Look, Kirk Ferentz has won year in, year out over there in Iowa City. Usually between six and eight wins. And I'm going to say seven and five, eight and four pretty much almost every year. That's the consistency you get with Iowa. Every now and then they'll have one of these really solid seasons, a 10 and two season that they're right there in the mix as far as Big Ten. Maybe you have a shot to, you know, win the title. But this team this year, they've got a shot to win the title because they'll get the winner of Michigan and Ohio State in the Big Ten championship game. And imagine that. Imagine if Michigan or Ohio State, whoever wins, goes and loses to Iowa. They won't even make the playoff. They'll go undefeated, and they won't even get in the playoff because that's how bad this Iowa team is at 10-2. and two. Yes, the record is good, but this is one of the most woeful offensive teams that I've ever seen win 10 games, probably the worst. And somehow, some way, I mean, they've got grit. They find ways to win games. And at the end of the day, you know, whoever has to play them, will be in for a physical altercation, there's no doubt. But offensively, Ohio State and Michigan, they should crush Iowa. But that's why they play these games, because you just never know. A tip pass here, interception there, next thing you know, things change. So it is football. We love it. We watch it. Sometimes we're perplexed by what's going on on the field. And there's two games going on. So that game where you're pulling teeth to get a score, meanwhile you have TCU and Oklahoma and that game puts up 114 points between the two teams. Absolutely unbelievable. So you have a contrast in styles, to say the least. But PSBR Law Studios, Mondays, Tuesdays, Thursdays, and Fridays. KT always Wednesday night. You can catch me at Steiner's Pub, a special Tuesday edition this past week because of Thanksgiving. But Panache, Boyle, Ravaputi, the best in personal injury for a long time in Southern California. Strength by your side, the relentless pursuit of justice. You know that 702 area code in Vegas, 830 830- Nine three five three eight three zero ninety three fifty three eight three zero nine three five three. Jot it down in case you need personal injury, and let's get the Friday football fiasco rolling. Now the starting five, number one. All right, going to go right to uh, the NFL. Got a lot of NFL news, and we're going to go right there. Washington Commanders they fire former Raider head coach and defense coordinator for those Commanders, Jack Del Rio. Yeah, Ron Rivera, he can only shift blame so long. Running out of guys to fire there, Ron Rivera. Ron Rivera's only won one time in the last eight seasons as a head coach. I mean, he's a nice guy, was a good football player, but I think he's a lousy head coach. 45-10, to 10, they get drilled by Dallas. Eric Bieniemy, he's all that's left as far as you can't fire him, though. I mean, you know, Bieniemy, a lot of people looking at him as a potential head coach down the line. That's what I'd have done if I'm Ron Rivera. I'd kind of resign myself and and see what the enemy has the last few games remember the defense traded away chase young to the niners and montez sweat to philly but jack del rio is still supposed to 
win at a high level. Look, Dallas blew them out yesterday. How about another pick six for Bland? And they actually had that out. There were a couple places had it out at 27-1. to He gets his fifth INT pick six for Dallas. But uh, Washington Commanders still go with the old interim by committee defensive coordinators the rest of the way down because Jack Del Rio, he is out. Number two. All right, let's stay with the NFL because we had a special Black Friday football game. Oh, my goodness, the first time the NFL has gone and had a game on Black Friday. Now, they had the three Turkey Day games yesterday, and, of course, they used to just have the traditional two, right? Detroit at home and Dallas at home. Well, we saw the uh, three games yesterday. Green Bay kind of shocked everybody and probably made the sports books buku bucks. Why? Because not only did people bet on Detroit because the line went up to eight and a half, but they also teased Detroit, meaning you can change that spread with two teams, six points, six and a half points, or seven points. Well, you're doing that to get that Detroit minus eight and a half down to minus two and a half. So you just have to win the game in Detroit by a field goal, and you figure the Packers limping in there at four and six. They come off a nice win, but they're not going to be any match for Detroit, right? Boom, right out of the gate, 20-6. to Packers never look back. They win. Dallas, Malls, Washington, and then San Francisco, very solid, up in Seattle, taking care of business. Those were your Thursday games. But today, the Friday game, Miami, the Dolphins, not a problem with the Jets. And everything kind of really got cemented at the end of the first half when the Jets throw a Hail Mary and Javon Holland picks it off and somehow weaves through traffic with no time on the clock goes 99 yards that puts some distance between the Dolphins and the Jets and the uh, Finns end up winning it handily 34 to 13 after that 99 yard interception return but not a great game for two a couple interceptions just one touchdown pass that to Tyreek Hill uh, Mostert on the ground very solid had a couple touchdowns but Friday night football or Friday afternoon football I should say on Black Friday that could be a thing of the future number three all right gonna stay with the NFL and update you Mark Hoke's Eagles, they waived defensive end Derek Barnett. Are you kidding me? This guy was a number one, well, a first-round pick out of Tennessee way back in 2017. But he was solid and uh, just not uh, making the grade there with that Philly defense. And we know the defense very, very solid. The offense pretty darn good as well. And that Eagles team letting go of a former first-round player, Derek Barnett. Update some of the uh, injuries for Sunday coming up. Zay Flowers. He will go for Baltimore. OBJ, he's a game-time decision. Cooper Cup for the Rams, he will go. T. Higgins for Cincinnati, he's out. Tredarius Ward there for uh, Cleveland, he is out. Solid cornerback, they're going to miss him big time. And Campbell also out for the Jags. Good solid cornerback there against the Houston Texans as they try to avoid being swept down in H-Town. So got to get those in there as well. And also on that Dolphins game, Jalen Phillips, their linebacker, he went out. It's an Achilles injury. They don't know if it's torn. They'll know more tomorrow. Phillips tweeting out. It didn't sound good. So, you know, he's their sack leader over the last couple of years. And that could be a major blow for the linebacking core there for the Miami Dolphins. So uh, just another little tidbit from that game. But uh, that is a look around the NFL. Number four. And then a sad note for old school Mets fans like myself and Andy Isco, Ron Hodges. He was a catcher that spent all 12 seasons with the Mets. He passed away earlier today at 74 years of age. He joined the Mets in 73, that miracle year when they got to the World Series and faced those uh, swinging A's, really solid Oakland A's team that ended up winning and beating the Mets in seven games. But Ron Hodges, he made his debut 
in that year in a Tom Seaver complete game win against the San Francisco Giants. And Ron Hodges, good, solid guy, didn't hit much for average, but came through with a lot of clutch hits and was one of those battery mates that, you know, pitchers just liked. They said he called a great game and he was always there and you never had to worry about any downtime there with Ron Hodges, who passes away at age 74. Number five. All right, save the best for last. Tomorrow, high noon, baby, you got to be at Allegiant Stadium. That's right, it is tomorrow. And uh, Coach Barry Odom's got the Rebs ready. Now, we know what happened. We know Boise State was able to take out Air Force by a score up there in Boise and get the win. So Boise State, everybody Boise State Broncos, they become UNLV fans tomorrow. Why? Because that will be your championship game in the Mountain West. If UNLV beats San Jose State, it will be Boise State and UNLV at Allegiant Stadium. If not, if San Jose State beats UNLV, UNLV has to turn around and go to San Jose for that Mountain West Championship game, a rematch next week. And we don't want any of that. We want to take care of business. So please get there, make it a true home field advantage, Allegiant Stadium. Here's the number, 739-FANS. You know the 702 for Vegas, 739-FANS, 739-3267, Or you can go online, UNLV Tickets. Com. Please get down there and make it the biggest and best crowd ever for UNLV football. This team is 9-2. and two. They haven't been this uh, dominant in a long time. The offense is scoring with a local kid right out of Liberty High School leading the way. Maeva is a solid quarterback, and he has won the uh, Mountain West Freshman of the Week five or six times already. This team is rolling. Please get there. Support. Barry Odom, bring it home, baby, and uh, win it outright. We don't want any tie for the top spot. We want to go 10-2 and two overall and 8-1 uh, and one, or 7-1, 7-1 in conference play, and that is a look at your starting five. So Mark Hoke in the uh, office and, and uh, taking care of business over here, PSBR Law Studios, uh, not feeling the best, so uh, hoping he's going to be uh, better and, and voice and everything will be good to go for Sunday. The Mark Hoke Show, 8 a.m. to 10 a.m., the best in professional wrestling. But love the hoaxer, man. And uh, him and his uh, daughter, Amanda, hoping they had a great Thanksgiving, as I uh, hope all of you did. And, of course, we will roll through the Friday football fiasco. Megalock's going to join me in just a few minutes. Let me just update some scores because I'm not going to have a lot of time with the guys to update the scores. So three football games are still going right now on this Friday, right? So as far as on the college ranks, we had the one NFL game, uh, 34-13 Dolphins. That total was 40, so the game got over. Miami easily covers a a 9.5. Your finals from earlier today, 45-20, Miami of Florida beat Boston College, 25-14, Ohio gets past Akron. They do not cover that game, and that game stays under the total. Miami of Florida, by the way, an easy cover, and that game sailing over the total up there in Chestnut Hill. Toledo beat Central Michigan, a win and a cover, and a game that stays under the total. Total was 54. It hits 49-32-17. Toledo covers that 10-point spread. It was Iowa, as we told you, 13-10. Late field goal there to beat Nebraska. Uh, Nebraska was actually a three-point favorite, and the total actually did drop down to 25 at the Westgate Superbook. So as crazy as it is, 25 and a half people betting the under. KT, not so fortunate there. And, you know, uh, realistically, I don't care. Should have had the over. Didn't get there. Had a couple things go right as far as big plays that, uh, you, you know, you only need a few. But three missed field goals between the two teams. So is what it is. I'll live with it. Oklahoma, 69-45. They beat TCU. But it wasn't even that close. I mean, Oklahoma dominated. And Dylan Gabriel... 
Uh, he ends up playing, throwing for 400 yards and a bunch of touchdowns. Meanwhile, a crazy double overtime game, Utah State and New Mexico. And if you had the under in this one, like Brad Powers did, this is uh, absolutely crazy. New Mexico able to drive and get the game-tying field goal. Okay, so it closed at 59, but Brad had it actually at uh, 60 and a half. So he has this under in his pocket, and New Mexico gets a gift pass interference call. And the two teams, let me just tell you, the two teams combined for over 330 yards in penalties. That is a Mountain West record. It was absolutely unbelievable. Every time you looked, there was another flag on the field, and it was ugly to say the least. But at the end of the day, uh, you know, it is what it is, and New Mexico and Utah State, Anderson, Coach Anderson will take it for Utah State because the 44-41 win gets them to bowl eligibility. Missouri up 41-0 at Arkansas. They cruise 48-14. Game flies over the total. Easy cover there. And then Boise State beating Air Force. Get the win in the cover as they win it by 8, laying 7, 27 to 19. Texas right now in control at home in Austin over Texas Tech 20 to 7, 245 to go in the first half. Penn State third quarter underway in East Lansing, shutting out Michigan State 13 nothing. That game's not even close, but Penn State having trouble getting the getting in the end zone uh, regularly. Otherwise, this game should be about 35 nothing. And Oregon, a 14 nothing lead after the first quarter at Austin Stadium against Oregon State. They close as a 14-point favorite, 60-and-a-half-year total. If Oregon wins, they are in the uh, Pac-12 championship game against Washington. Washington, of course, still undefeated, and they will play at home in Seattle tomorrow against Washington State. Real quick, as far as uh, the other two add-on games, Memphis beat Temple 45-21, a win and a cover there, and the uh, game getting over the total by a point. And then 29-16, Tulane beat Texas San Antonio. That game stays well under the total, but an easy cover for the Green Wave. Lots of games in the NHL, NBA, college basketball. I'll get some finals throughout the night, but right now we'll take a break so we can come back and get right there with Mr. Megalox over there, Chris Wierenski, and get rolling on this Friday football fiasco. 101.5 FMK Dawn streaming live on the Odyssey app. It is Ken Thompson. You're listening to SportsX Radio. Yeah, the heat is on. The heat's on Oregon State right now because Oregon's out of the gate looking good. 14 nothing. got the ball back on their own 20 early second quarter there. Autzen Stadium battle there. They used to call it the Civil War. I don't know if uh, politically correct you can do that anymore. Who knows, man, in this day and age. Don't really understand all this crazy stuff going on, but I do understand football, basketball, all these great sports, and really enjoying a lot of uh, college hardwood action. Real quick, couple scores. Ohio State is going to beat Alabama. That'll be an upset on the hardwood. They were seven-point dogs, 87-78. The Buckeyes lead it. They're hoping to have success on the gridiron tomorrow against Michigan at uh, the Big House, so we'll find out if they play as well as the guys did on the hardwood tonight. And Villanova wins the battle for Atlantis. Beat Memphis handily in a game that wasn't this close. 79-63 was the final, but Nova was up by 30 in that game and just kind of cruising. So uh, just a couple scores we'll duck in. Welcome, my good pal, north of the border. He is Chris Warinsky, a.k.a. Megalox. Megalox.co is the website, and this guy puts in a ton of work, loves his college football, does an outstanding job, and uh, you could get his plays at Megalox.co. Chris, how is everything up there north of the border, my good friend? 
Hey, KT, uh, really great. And before uh, we us- we usually get a lot in and we go rapid fire, so before I uh, forget, uh, happy Thanksgiving to you and Mark and uh, all the listeners. Hope you uh, everyone has a safe and happy weekend. I uh, appreciate you, as always. We really appreciate you. And the game's going now. I mean, Oregon looking solid. I know as far as uh, people that laid the points, I laid 13.5. It's uh, 14 nothing. It did close at 14 everywhere here in Vegas. Did you do anything with this game? Uh, no, I did not. No, I, I'm cheering for Oregon, um, so that's that's about it. I have a future ticket on them, so and I, I just like I just like the team, and I think, frankly, I'm I don't know. I, I don't think there's anyone better than them other than Georgia, uh, really on a neutral site. So um, I'm just hoping that they don't choke. They can beat Washington and see what happens after that. All right, real quick, as far as Bo Nix and the Heisman, were you or is Jaden Daniels uh, stats wise? And I know he's got a you know a ton of stats. Got eight combined touchdowns last week uh but a non-conference game against georgia state i'm just wondering you know i mean a lot of these uh gaudy stats but like who do you think is going to get it is it going to be bo nix is it going to be Jaden daniels or uh or does michael Penix jr still have an outside shot for washington well as an unbiased observer because i have tickets on both those guys uh nix and uh daniels but um you know, it's I, I can I think pick them offshore for both those guys is probably fair right now. Who would I give it to? I would give it to Daniels just based on the strength of the schedule he's playing and his basically his rushing ability. Nix is obviously an amazing you know leader. Um, if you want to just look at what Daniels has done uh, in the on the SEC schedule, I'd give him a slight slight nod. Um, but I mean, I, I think you're kind of splitting hairs, KT. I agree. I I, I really think it's going to be close and. Uh... We will see. But you've got uh, 10 games, so let's get rolling on those right now. And you start with the biggest game first, of course, Ohio State and Michigan. And to me, this is just going to be a great way to start a good football Saturday. And I'm telling you, I mean, I'm kind of torn on this game. I mean, I I know a lot of people are are buying into taking Ohio State plus the three and a half, and it has stayed steady. And that's what it is right now. Westgate Superbook, Michigan minus three and a half, 46 and a half. I mean, Kyle McCord's going to have to answer the bell and really I think Ohio State Travion Henderson's going to have to do something on the ground Harrison Jr. we know that guy can flat out catch the rock wherever it's thrown and Cade Stover outstanding tight end. Eichenberg's been banged up he'll have to lead that defense Steel Chambers their strength is at the linebacking core but they're only plus one turnover on the year 21 sacks they've given up 18 plus three there Michigan plus 12 in the turnover department couple linebackers Junior Colson and Michael Barrett uh, very very solid and they're plus 14 in the uh, sack department McCarthy gaining uh, some experience Experience. He's rushed for three touchdowns, thrown for 18, only four picks. And we know Blake Quorum's the real deal. 888 on the ground, little uh, three-digit 888 over there with 20 touchdowns on the ground. Edwards backs him up, but Roman Wilson, Cornelius Johnson, these guys, 11 touchdowns between them. And Loveland, a very solid tight end. Keep an eye there. He can make some big catches there for Michigan. Where are you on this game with Michigan at home, staying steady, minus 3.5, total 46.5? Yeah, I, I like Ohio State actually quite a bit in this one, and uh, obviously, like you said, I, I've noticed that as well. Like the line hasn't basically budgeted at all, at all uh, because you can make a case for both teams. And I think if we assume that both teams' defenses are excellent, um, I mean, there's really nothing to choose between the two. And if we assume that the schedules are pretty comparable, I mean, Ohio State did beat Notre Dame on the road. That was a little bit of fortuitous luck at the end, or you know, whatever you want to call it. Uh, Michigan took care of Penn State on the road. Ohio State at home. I just think Ohio State is the more likely team to hit explosive plays in the th- uh, in the throw game, and JJ McCarthy hasn't thrown a touchdown pass his last three games. Um, the running backs just don't have the same explosiveness as last year. Travion Henderson has four 100-yard games in his last five. 
I mean, it's going to be tough sledding um, for for both teams. I just think if if there's going to be big plays to be made, I think this year, I think it's going to be Ohio State, and it can't it can't hurt to have your head coach. <laughs> so I'm not sure what Jim Harbaugh means if it's worth half a point or nothing, but it's worth it's not negative, right? So for Ohio State, so I think having Ryan Day also, uh, he's less likely to make a big coaching blunder. So I'll go with the Buckeyes. There you go. All right. So Ohio State in the bank there from Megalox, Auburn, Alabama, Auburn, the home team in this one. And they come off a surprising loss at home to Jerry Kill's New Mexico State Aggies, who have nine wins on the year, nine and three. And we'll talk about them a little bit later. But what an upset that was. The land of enchantment, uh, Moneyline Parlay. I talked about it with New Mexico as a big 25-point dog against Fresno State winning outright and New Mexico State going into Auburn. And not only winning, but winning 31 to 10 against the Tigers. So Hugh Freeze just kind of humbled there in his first year there with Auburn. Meanwhile, Alabama continues to roll. I mean, they played Chattanooga last week. It's the old 11th week by the way that uh, Alabama does it and a lot of the teams in the SEC. They're going to say, hey, but we play the SEC schedule all year, so we deserve a late buy, and they usually do it right before the Iron Bowl, and uh, Auburn follows suit as well. And we know Milrow has really been good for Bama of late. He's got 19 touchdowns. He's thrown six picks, but he's he's rushed solid, 12 rushing touchdowns, and that is huge. McClellan, Williams, decent on the ground. Burton and Bond lead the receiving core. You know, defensively, Turner and Braswell get after you. Both have seven sacks. Uh, Caleb Downs, 90 tackles, leads the team. He is solid. How about 33 more than the second uh, leading tackler there on Alabama? And then uh, Prentice and uh, Nyblack, keep an eye on those two guys. They could help out the receiving core as well for Auburn. They're going to probably have to go with uh, Robbie Ashford, who was the transfer from Oregon, because uh, uh, Thorne got banged up and was listed as doubtful last I had seen. Jarquez Hunter, real solid running back. They're going to have to be refocused. He nearly gets six yards of carry. And then Fairweather, good solid tight end, actually leads the Tigers as far as receiving yards. Uh, Marcus Harris, good, solid rusher, six sacks on the year. And Asante, 79 tackles from his linebacking position there for Auburn. Again, staying steady on this one. But Bama getting most of the money of late. And Alabama at Auburn. And it's going to be a big-time game. It is 13-and-a-half, so Auburn actually getting money today. So Bama is down under 14 now. Alabama minus 13-and-a-half, 47-and-a-half, Mega. Yeah, I'm going to keep this simple. Um Hope is not an investment strategy. And so whether it's Alabama, Kentucky, or Georgia, Tennessee, or Georgia, Ole Miss, I just think, I mean, you just got to go with the proven recipe. I don't know. Auburn, yes, the home team does well in the series, and there's voodoo at that stadium and wizardry and all this stuff. But I just think Alabama is so much better. Um, if If they're not minus two in turnovers, then I think they cover this one for sure. All righty. All right. USF, South Florida, and Charlotte, right? We drop off uh, to another game. And look, at the end of the day, it's Friday football fiasco. People don't care what the game is. If uh, you find an edge and you think you can make some money there, well, that's what Megalox does, and that's what he's been doing for years over there, megalox.co. All right. In this game, it is uh, Charlotte. And they've gone with a couple different quarterbacks, Ivy and Jalen Jones, uh, Trexler Ivy and, and Jalen Jones. And then South Florida, uh, Byron Brown was pressed into service early in the year because of an injury, but he's been pretty solid putting up numbers. Now they get lambasted pretty good by the Roadrunners of UTSA last week, 49-21. And Charlotte, they lost to Rice 28-7. to Interested to see what you say on this one. Uh, Charlotte is uh, at home in this game, and I'm just trying to – Find the line there. Hold on down, and uh, is that, boy, I'll tell you, you got six and a half. Yeah, I think that. I think that's. Yeah, that's that's what I had seen last. So uh, go ahead with it, Mega. What do you got? 
Yeah, I like I like South Florida. Um, they're at home and they've got the motivation to make like a bowl game is going to be a big deal for a first year head coach. And they have one of the best best players actually in the entire conference in quarterback Byron Brown. Uh, Nineteen passing touchdowns, ten rushing. Charlotte's this is a tough spot. They're really beat up on both sides of the ball, and they're off two home games. They're three and eight. They're not going anywhere, so this could be a complete dead spot. So as bad as USF's defense is, I like them to cover. There you go, Alex Golish in his first year there with USF Central Florida, uh, South Florida, and then Charlotte, also a first-year head coach in Biff Pogey. Uh, but like you said, yeah, they have been struggling, and uh, they're on the road, and they're probably happy that this season's going to end tomorrow. All right, uh, next game on the docket there for Megalox, we've got uh, Jacksonville State and New Mexico State. I told you we'd get back to these teams. These two teams amazing seasons. Rich Rodriguez there with Jacksonville State. They, of course, elevating from FCS play to FBS play, and they have been phenomenal. I mean, this team is 8-3, and three, looking real good, uh, blew out Louisiana Tech in a big way in their uh, last game. And, uh, you know, they, they are just uh, – wait, am I on, I'm on the right game, right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. State, New yep. Okay, I was just making sure yeah. I was on the right making sure I was on the right game. Okay, and then uh Zion, yeah, so Zion Webb comes off a huge game. Uh this kid can run the ball, he can throw the ball. Malik Jackson, good solid running back, had 193 yards and a couple touchdowns against La Tech. But Zion Webb, he actually rushed for 122 and three himself from the quarterback position. Uh this team can flat out get after it. They're plus twenty one in the sack department, plus seven in the turnover department. When then Diego Pavia for Jerry Kill, this guy wasn't even supposed to play last week, but he goes into Auburn and has that big game, gets some good, solid running from Star Thomas and Mackie Young. Uh, talk to me a little bit about this one. Jacksonville State, New Mexico State, and the road team, Jacksonville State, Rich Rods boys, favored by a field goal going into this one against New Mexico State in Las Cruces. Yeah, I don't think there's I, – I like Jacksonville State in this game, and I don't think – I can't really justify it by the number. I think that, I mean, three is fully valued in there, but I just think it's the ultimate sandwich spot, right? You have uh, New Mexico State off that really beating of Auburn. <laughs> it was a beatdown last week uh, of the Tigers, and then they got, obviously, the championship game with Liberty up next. Jacksonville State, they're number three in the FBS in rushing, and they have an underrated D. They're only second to uh, Liberty, actually, in total defense in Conference USA – this is their bowl game. They're going to lay everything on the line, and I really like the way they've played, like I said, on both sides of the ball. So uh, I'll go with Jacksonville State to win one more game. There you go, Rich Rod. How about this? I mean, there's still another game uh, at Liberty for New Mexico State, and they started in week zero. They do have not had a bye. They will end up playing 14 games. They are 9-3 and three right now. They have this game tomorrow, and then they close at Liberty. So Jerry Kill getting the most out of his guys. It's been a dream season for Aggie fans. In Las Cruces, uh, they have not seen this type of uh, winning attitude there from the Aggies in a long time. And they are at home. They will be there to back them. But they'll be going up against the juggernaut offensively in Jacksonville State. Jayville State, minus 349.5 from Las Cruces. Uh, we'll close out this segment with the last game in Middle Tennessee State. They will be taking on Sam Houston State. And uh, Casey Keeler, in his eighth year there with the Bearcats, they, all, they also making the transition, like Jacksonville State, from FCS up to FBS and the Bearcats. And it's spelled B-E-A-R-K-A-T-S. So the Bearcats from Sam Houston State. And they're taking on a veteran coach, of course, in Rick Stockstill. 18th year there in Middle Tennessee, Blue Raiders. It's going to be a fun game. Vadiato can flat out throw the ball for Middle Tennessee. Uh, he's thrown 23 touchdowns. And then uh, Willis and Metcalf, uh, these two guys, 93 receptions, over 1,200 yards, and 10 touchdowns between them for the Blue Raiders. For Sam Houston State, well, this team... 
they do have an FBS victory. It took them a while to get it. They got a victory, but it was against Kennesaw State, and Kennesaw State is an FCS team, so that was their first win of the year, but they followed it up with a win against Louisiana Tech. Uh, Shoemaker, the quarterback, not too bad, and receiver Noah Smith, outstanding, 77 receptions, six touchdowns. What about it? Sam Houston State at home, always seemed to play hard, but Stockstill, his guys won't quit on the season either. Who do you like in this one? Middle Tennessee State and Sam Houston State. And uh, the line that I'm looking at, hold on, I'm trying to get the, it's uh, three and a half now. Middle Tennessee State, three and a half, 50 the total from Sam Houston State there in Houston. I'm going to throw you a little curveball. I'm going to, I like the total quite a bit. I like the over. Um, Sam, Sam Houston's last four games uh, against FBS teams, the totals have been 60, 71, 71, and 51. Uh, both teams throw the ball well, and Sam Houston has really improved in the second half of the season on offense. Neither team can defend the pass, and just an added bonus, I can't see either of these teams being conservative because neither of them are making a bowl game. They're both going to empty the bucket. So I think 50 is a pretty pretty low total for this game, so I'll take the over. All right, he is Megalock, so he's got Ohio State plus the three and a half. He's got Alabama, lay the points. He's not worried about it, right, as far as Bama and Auburn. He's got South Florida at home against Charlotte. Got the over in Middle Tennessee State and Sam Houston State, and he likes Jacksonville State, Rich Rod's guys, to win in Las Cruces against New Mexico State. Five plays in, five plays to go. Take a break. SportsX Radio, 101.5 FM, Dawn streaming live on that Odyssey app, A-U-D-A-C-Y. Download that sucker now. You miss any part of the show, use the Rewind feature right there. You can listen back in its entirety, or follow at Ken Thompson 87 at SportsX Radio, and the archives will be pinned about 45 minutes after the broadcast. On a Friday football fiasco, live from Vegas, we'll be right back. Yeah, a little tonic. The old American Pie movie. Mark Oak spinning the hits on a Friday football fiasco. Megalocks, Chris Warinski, our first guest, as he is and has been in hour number one throughout the Fridays on SportsX Radio, a live show and uh, talking a lot of football. Still 14 nothing. Oregon leading Oregon State. Beeves trying to get back into it, driving a little bit uh, across midfield. We'll keep an eye on that one. And uh, that is a big game. Texas up 26-7 on Texas Tech taking care of business. Red Raiders had one good drive, but that's it. They're not even in the game. And that game is at halftime. And Penn State now up 28 nothing on Michigan State in East Lansing. What a ridiculously bad year for Spartan fans. Still 3.50 to go in the third quarter. They can't wait for this season to end. All right, Coastal Carolina, James Madison, next game up for uh, Megalox. And JMU, of course, unbeaten at 10-0. and Lo and behold, they go down at home to Appalachian State last year. So even the... Uh, you know, the AG, the attorney general there in Virginia that was trying to push forward to make sure they got a bowl game. They've not even gone forward with that now. But they are still eight-and-a-half-point road favorites, 49-and-a-half against Coastal Carolina. Tim Beck in his first year there with the Chanticleers, of course, because their coach taking off for the Liberty job, uh, Jamie Chadwell. Uh, Kirk Signetti in his fifth year there with the Dukes doing an outstanding job. And uh, JMU, they'll be uh, lethal in the Sun Belt for years to come. What about it? This game right now, again, eight and a half and 49 and a half. Coastal Carolina, I think Coastal can hang in this game if Jared Guest can, you know, throw the ball to his guys. They lost a tough one to Army 28 21. I mean, JMU, we know Jordan McLeod's an explosive quarterback. 
what about it? Jared Brown's got to help out there, Coastal Carolina as well on the ground. What's your uh, what's your take on this one, Mega? Yeah, I think this is uh, too many points, frankly. Um, Coastal, obviously, they win. They, you know, they take the division. Uh, James Madison, this, I mean, they've got to be a dream crusher, so to speak, after last week. And they're really beat up on the offensive line. They had 60 net rushing yards last week versus Appalachian State's poor run defense. They allowed five sacks. Uh, they can throw the ball well, but Coastal Carolina, they, they're number one in pass efficiency D in the Sun Belt. I like their quarterback combo as well, Coastal, with Guest and, uh, Guest and Basco. Um, heaven forbid, they're playing better without McCall at quarterback. I mean, he had a 10-6 to TD-to-interception ratio, uh, and Coastal won five straight games before uh, losing to Army in that meaningless game last week. So, I don't know. I think that's uh, – they're finally taking some money today, the, uh, Coastal Carolina, and I, I think that's too many points, so I'll go with the uh, home team. Yeah, I agree with you. It was nine and a half and dropped down and continued to, uh, to drop down a little bit. Yes, Coastal will win the eastern half of the Sun Belt if they win that game against JMU. And uh, we will see if they can get it done at home. And they are playing well with the two backup quarterbacks. Vasco was banged up with his foot last week, so uh, he didn't go. But Guest uh, did a nice job. Uh, Central Florida, they're at home. They're minus 14, 61 the total against Houston. Dana Holgerson in his fifth year. It's been one to forget if you're a Houston Cougars fan, although they darn near beat this Texas team that's rolling over Texas Tech right now. Uh, Gus Malzahn in his third year there with Central Florida's Knights. Take on this one, Mega. What about it? Uh, Central Florida, pretty tough to beat at home. Uh, we know they rolled Oklahoma State in their last home game. Did they get more of the same against Houston? Yeah, I, I really like the spot for uh, Central Florida. I mean, they've, I mean, Plumlee's playing well. I mean, the rushing attack can be devastating. The last time we saw them at home, they won 45-3 against Oklahoma State. Um, they got, they're motivated, uh, win, they get a bowl game. And this is another sort of like Charlotte, like the, zo- the zombie road game, I call it, where they've just played two at home, lost them both. And now their season's basically over. Um, and Malzahn likes to run it up. So, uh, it, I, again, I don't see a ton of value per se in laying 14, but I could just, I could see it being just, uh, it's a high variance, uh, game to the upside, if you know what I mean. So I'll go with that. Yeah. UCF. I know, uh, real quick, I know that, uh, Houston went out and they were, uh, you know, pretty aggressive to bring Dana Holgerson to Houston from West Virginia. What's your take? Is is he on the hot seat? Is he out? I think I think so, and I'm not saying it's deserved or not, but I think I think the uh, the, the natives are getting restless, and I I think there's so much potential with that program uh, from a recruiting standpoint um, that I just think I know it's you know it's been a tough year in the Big Twelve this year, but I I think people look at the roster and they look at the coach, and I think they kind of need a spark, if you know what I mean. So I mean, it may not be you know justified, but yeah, I think I think his time is up probably. There you go. All right. Meanwhile, uh, Georgia State and Darren Granger and company, they're going to be taking on Old Dominion. And Ricky Ronnie in his fourth year uh, always has the Monarchs ready to play. It's going to be uh, should, should be an interesting game in Georgia State, of course. You know, coming off the uh, uh, the beatdown, going into the SEC in Week Eleven at LSU, and and uh, knowing that they had to go against Jaden Daniels, who's you know, of course, looking to get that Heisman Trophy. So they knew it was going to be an onslaught, and it was. And Sean Elliott in his seventh year, probably as the schedule was rolling on, going like, why did we schedule this game? Uh, lo and behold, uh, what's your take here? Old Dominion at home minus two and a half, total of fifty three against the Panthers of Georgia State. Similar theme with the motivated uh, home team, Old Dominion needing to make a bowl game, and they've, they've, I mean, they could easily have more than five wins. They've lost to Wake, Marshall, James Madison, Coastal Carolina, all by less than a touchdown, combined 16 points. Uh, and Georgia State has lost their last three games: 42-14, 42-14, 56-14. They're already in bowl season, so I like the Monarchs to win this game. 
All right. Then we've got uh, what could be a high-scoring affair with UAB in North Texas. Trent Dilfer in his first year there with the Blazers and Eric Morris, also a first-year head coach there for the Mean Green, the boys from Denton, Texas. And uh, both these teams have put up a lot of points on the year. And uh, I, I really think UAB's played much better uh, overall than a lot of the experts thought at the beginning of the year. So Trent Dilfer uh, doing a, a job at least having his guys play four quarters. Yes, they've been on the wrong end of a bunch of scores, but they play hard. Same with North Texas, and they can put up points. The total 74 in this game. Uh, North Texas is a two-point favorite. What about it, Mega? I'm going to go back to the North Texas well. Um, they, they Again, similar to uh, Old Dominion, they've lost close games to some good teams, Tulane by seven, Memphis by three, UTSA by eight. I mean, they've they, they don't play defense, neither does UAB. Uh, and what I like is they obviously North Texas – awesome rushing attack and UAB is giving up over five yards a carry almost 200 yards a game on the ground and UAB is also 0-5 straight up on the road this year they play much better at home so uh, I'll go with North Texas one more time all right North Texas one last time and then uh, we will close with the Apple Cup should be a uh, fun environment there in Seattle because they are still unbeaten Kalen DeBoer doing an incredible job there in his second year there with the Huskies and Jake Dickard and uh, the Cougs they got out of the gate rather fast they won their first four and uh, then they started stubbing their toe but uh, he's still a solid coach and this is going to be a big time game now this line was 16 and a half it's down to 15 and a half total is 66 and a half uh, we know Penix Jr. not only uh, putting up big yardage but Dylan Johnson on occasion can put up yards on the ground we saw him have over 200 of them against USC uh, you know they've got a Dunze who's one of the best receivers in the country, and Jalen Polk as well. Those two guys have combined 121 receptions, 2,149 yards, and 19 touchdowns for those two guys from Michael Penix Jr., who's thrown for nearly 3,700 himself, 30 touchdowns, seven picks. On the defensive side of the ball, uh, they've got 81 tackles from Dom Hampton. He will lead that defense, and uh, Ula Fascio has 72 tackles. Got to meet him at media day. Uh, 14 sacks on the year, not a lot, but plus seven. They've only given up seven sacks. They are even as far as turnovers. Cam Ward leads that Wazoo def- uh, offense, I should say. Uh, eight rushing touchdowns. He's thrown for 22 and over 3,400 yards. Nikia Watson, the transfer from Wisconsin, will do his best. But it's Kelly Victor and Williams, uh, really solid receiving the ball. And uh, Cooper Matthews uh, could be big. And Mathers, I should say, could be big as far as from his tight end position in this game if Wazoo's going to hang in there. And uh, Brennan Jackson, good, solid edge rusher. And Thornton leads them in tackles. What's your take on this one? A big one from Seattle. Wazoo catching 15-and-a-half against the boys from Seattle, the Washington Huskies. Well, I, I once again, I'll try to uh, – I'm going to keep the pattern going. And, I mean, the fade Washington uh, has worked out pretty well. Not so much last week, although Oregon State easily could have won that game. I just think it's too many points in a game that Washington basically just needs to win by one point. Um, I like the fact that Washington State basically – it appears – I know it was just Colorado, but they scored 56 last week, so it appears – Breaking their losing streak, they also woke up a bit. The back door will be open if necessary. The pressure's all on Washington here, so I think uh, I'll gobble up the points and take Washington State. Outstanding stuff. Megalocks, throughout the season, it's been a lot of fun, and of course we're going to have conference championships and all that good stuff. Looking forward to touching base with you next week, but always appreciate the homework you do, and uh, the listeners, uh, you know, they've made some money from the plays that you've given out and outstanding stuff. And Brad Powers told me to uh, give you his best as well. He said he's been listening and says you do an outstanding job as well. So appreciate you, my man. Have a great weekend. From both of you guys. I really appreciate it. Take care and Uh, uh, best of luck to everyone. You got it. Chris Warinsky, Megalox, and uh, our number one in the books. 
Didn't take Texas long. How about a kickoff return, 95 yards to start the second half, 33-7. to They're rolling over Texas Tech. They're going to be in that Big 12 championship game, and they're trying to get in that playoff. We're live from Vegas, halfway home. SportsX Radio, John Cole, BCCS Sports, Sisau. They'll be in hour number two. We're live from Vegas, 101.5 FM, K-Dawn streaming live on that Odyssey app. I'm Ken Thompson. We'll be right back. Welcome back from halftime. It's just after 7 o'clock in the big city. Time to continue America's favorite Las Vegas sports show. Sports X Radio with Ken Thompson. <laughs> yeah. What up? Party's going on. Duh. Going to a party. Sports X Radio with Ken Thompson is brought to you by Hannah Shea Boyle and Rabapudi. Trial lawyers that get results. Steiner's Pub, a true Nevada-style pub. Preventative Diagnostic Center. Rob Ritchie, Farmers Insurance. So get ready, because Sports X Radio with Ken Thompson starts now. Now. All right, KT back. PSBR Law Studios in Las Vegas. Panache, Boyle, Ravaputi, best in personal injury. As far as uh, if you need a great attorney, you can get one right there from PSBR Law. Go to PSBRLaw.com. You can check out everything. And again, long, long time in Southern California. And Brian Panache uh, here in Vegas as well. Senior partner, Panache, Boyle, Ravaputi. Uh, strength by your side, the relentless pursuit of justice. You know that 702 for Vegas, 830. Nine three five three eight three zero ninety three fifty three. Oh boy, couldn't hold that sneeze. Couldn't even get to the uh, mute button in time there. A little bit of spice, I think, from the pizza I had a little bit earlier. But uh, PSBRLaw.com. My good pal John Cole, he is uh, rocking and rolling, and uh, I'm sure busier than a bee with all his staff over there at BCCS Sports. And uh, there is just no downtime. And if you're handicapping and you've got a staff that's handicapping NFL and college football, that's one thing. But then you start getting into NBA basketball, hockey, and then college basketball. And during this time of year, I mean, especially, you know, the Thanksgiving week and, and, and you know, up until, say, Sunday or Monday, it is nonstop throughout the day with all these games that you've got lines on, with all these different tournaments going on. I mean, they're going early, early, early. John Cole, I don't know how you guys do it, because I try to just stay on top of this stuff the best I can. And, of course, I love college basketball and was uh, texting with Fran McCaffrey earlier today, and then they went out, Iowa went out, and got a nice victory against uh, the area that I grew up in, in North Jersey, Seton Hall. So uh, paying attention to a bunch of the games, Buckeyes with a nice win as well. And so following the college hardwood, but finishing up the college football season, at least the regular season. So it's been a lot of fun. It's been nonstop. There's been some major surprises. There's been uh, you know, some things that we kind of thought could play out, like Ohio State and Michigan, and looking forward to that big game at the Big House to start off a big college football Saturday. Most importantly, John, how about you and the family? How's everything going, and did you guys have a great Thanksgiving? Uh, it was great, man. I was able to get my two daughters in the afternoon, and uh, we went up to my dad's. He turned 79 next week, uh, so we had a good time up there. How about you, you and yours, brother? Yeah, Christy, uh, she's just a dynamite cook, and uh, we always do it at her uh, brother's house, her younger brother's house. It's kind of tradition, and uh, everybody brings a few uh, dishes. But my wife, of course, she brings like 
five or six dishes because that's just her. She's uh, orchestrating in the kitchen and does an outstanding job. And I'm just uh, so in awe the way that uh, we look at all these different sports and try to orchestrate through the busy season, especially in the fall. You know, she does it effortlessly in the kitchen and uh, does a great job. So, yes, very enjoyable and great to see some of the young ones. There's a bunch of young ones there, our first grandchild, and, of course, uh, several young nieces. And uh, it's been a busy time for the uh, family, but it's always great to get a little bit of downtime. Now, for us, not as much downtime as uh, those that work the regular jobs and are able to get some downtime as far as the entire weekend. With sports, there never seems like there's any time off because people go, oh, yeah, you're, you're good, Thompson. I mean, your show's, oh, you got, you got the weekend off. No, my show is in sports, so when are most of the sports or at least a full slate of sports on the weekends throughout the year? So you get a little downtime every now and then, but it is pretty much nonstop. Uh, John, we've got a bunch of college games, and I know BCCS Sports, you guys have been doing great. And uh, you had that promotion that you continue to run for the listeners here. And I know you were using the promo code HALFTIME with a capital H. Is that still intact with uh, all the different uh, packages that you guys offer there at BCCS Sports? We are. If you go on, Ken, uh, any, if you go to bccsports.com, you can click on any package, put in the promo code HALFTIME with a capital H, um, and it gets you half off any package you choose. However, Ken, uh, obviously it's the holiday season, my favorite time of the season. Uh, My mom passed last year, and this was just like her time of the year, right? So something I'm doing a little different is if you email me, J-O-N at bccsports.com, you email me directly, here's what I'm going to do. When you email me starting uh, for tomorrow for college football, you'll get from tomorrow all the way through Christmas Eve. I'm doing that for everybody for $30. Uh, you just have to email me personally, and you'll get all my plays NHL, where right now we're 22 games over 500 already on the NHL season. NFL this season, we're 43 games over. Um, so it's been a great start to that. College basketball, we're four units over. And then in the NBA right now, in the NBA, we're 9-3 and three so far on the NBA season. Wow, that is pretty awesome. Yeah, and college already off to a good start. Four games over, uh, just getting rolling. Yeah, got to pick and choose your spots with so many games, and uh, you got to try and uh, do some scouting. That's what I've been doing as far as the uh, the college hoops. But NHL, I know uh, Kenny Kelly, one of the uh, sharpest guys I know as far as hockey. He is outstanding. And then NFL, my goodness, 43 games over. That's ridiculous, man. That's just that's just something to write home about. That is good stuff. And so for $30, folks, you can't go wrong. Uh, give these guys a shot. BCCS Sports, halftime with a capital H. Put that code in. But uh, you can uh, email John. It's J-O-N, John, J-O-N, at bccsports.com. Please do that and let them know Ken Thompson Sports X Radio sent you. All right, John, let's uh, get rolling on some college games. What about Kentucky and Louisville? Because naturally – uh, you're selling a bunch of games, so I'm not going over uh, those particular games. Uh, but I'm gonna. I, I picked out as I always do five college and five pro games. But Kentucky Louisville is an interesting game because Jeff Brom in his first year, look, he's got these Cardinals playing great ball. They only have the one blemish against Pittsburgh on the road. Other than that, they're undefeated and they're looking to close out the regular season eleven and one. Uh, going to play their SEC rival from across the state, so their ACC playing an SEC team in Kentucky. And Kentucky started out well, but uh, they've struggled of late. But there's no doubt that Mark Stoops would like to get this one and short-circuit any 
plans that Louisville has as far as thinking they may get into the playoff. Louisville needs a ton of help, uh, but they can if they're able to take care of business and upend Florida State in the ACC championship game. If Florida State wins against Florida tomorrow, you just never know. So what, what do you think on this game? Uh, last I saw, Louisville was up to an eight-point favorite, and I have not looked today at that line, but I will get on it. Yeah, it's. Uh, I'm looking right now. It says seven and a half. You are right. I mean, it's bounced around. There was even one place it touched eight and a half. Believe it or not. But look, this. You know, Louisville's had such an impressive season. KT. I mean, really, Brom should get some huge consideration for Coach of the Year. The job he's did with them. Obviously, they're locked into the ACC championship game. This is a big rivalry game. Um, but when you look at it, I know Louisville's the better team. But Kentucky has won the last four in this series. They've won five of the last six games outright. Uh, last year at Lexington, 26-13, Kentucky was able to get the win. You know, I just like Kentucky in this spot catching over a touchdown, right? They average 27 points a game. Uh, Louisville only averaging 33. But then when you look at it defensively, um, both teams are really even when, when you break down how much they give up. So I, I like Kentucky in this spot, KT. I'll grab the seven and a hook. If you can get an eight out there, I would grab it now. I'm going to roll with the Wildcats here Saturday. There you go. On the Westgate Superbook, we're using their lines. You can get an eight right now. Total's 49 and a half, but that's one of the uh, shops here in Vegas that is offering an eight right now. So we'll see if Jack Plummer, who came across uh, with Coach Brom from Purdue, if he's able to engineer the victory for the hometown Cardinals and whether or not Kentucky can get the outright win or whether or not Mark Stoops uh, will uh, have his guys and make sure they, uh, they at least cover that number. Not that they care. Uh, we do. And uh, that's called the game within the game. And we'll see how that game plays out. Iowa State and Kansas State, another game I wanted to throw up just because I, I enjoy uh, both these teams. I, I enjoy some of the teams from the Big 12, but always enjoy uh, Coach Kleiman in Kansas State. He's now in his fifth year there in the Little Apple. And then Matt Campbell, already in his eighth year there after leaving Toledo. Uh, Matt Campbell there in Ames, Iowa for the Cyclones. But this game is uh, going to be played at Kansas State and K-State, we know how solid a program they've been for years. Uh, right now, as I look at that line, I'm scrolling on down to see if that line has moved at all And because K- K-State had gotten up to a 10-point favorite, and that's where they are. They're minus 10, total 45-and-a-half 40, against the boys from Ames. Who do you like in this one? Because Kansas State, we know they've gone with two quarterbacks, but Will Howard, very, very solid, and then Avery Johnson able to run that ball. But they've got playmakers on both sides of the ball and always a well-disciplined team, especially in the trenches. Iowa State, we know it's been a a, a tough year, but Rocco Becht has shown he can play inside the Big 12, the quarterback there for the Cyclones. Yeah, I mean, Iowa State's won three of the last five in this series. Uh, but over the last 10, K-State 7-3 and three straight up. Uh, K-State's just been so impressive, especially there in Manhattan. KT 6-0 and straight up at home, 8-3, and 7-3-1 against the number. Uh, if you've been betting K-State this year, you've been making money. But look, I look at last year, right? K-State was a whole lot better last year than they are this year. Iowa State's much better this year than they were last year. And last year, Kansas State was life and death to get the 10-9 to win uh, over Iowa State. I think this is going to be a real slugfest. Uh, Iowa State giving up 20.5 points a game. K-State giving up 19. Uh, I think if you can get Iowa State plus the 10, uh, I think that's a good grab, KT. I, I think that's the way I would lean in that with the Cyclones. 
All right. Then we got a big one in uh, the Swamp. And Florida State, look, they lost their quarterback, who was actually up there. Heisman considerations. Jordan Travis has had an outstanding year, but he is done for the, for the year. Uh, Florida State is still a six-and-a-half-point favorite on the road in the Swamp. Total is 49. Uh, Florida, without their quarterback, Graham Mertz, a transfer from Wisconsin, he is down. Jack Miller has been down. So the freshman, Max Brown, stepping in to uh, mop up their game last week in a 33-31 loss at Missouri. That's a good Missouri team. I mean, there's no question that team can flat-out play, and they probably played, as I said, uh, several shows Georgia as tough as anybody the last two years. But the Gators are at home. They're catching six-and-a-half. Have a good, solid backfield with Montrell Johnson Jr. and Trevor, uh, Trevor Etienne. Uh, great one-two combo there. Uh, Pressure is going to be on the quarterback, and the defense is going to have to step up there uh, for the guys in the swamp. Meanwhile, Florida State, we know they're going to have a speed advantage, and they have two outstanding receivers in Keon Coleman, the transfer from Michigan State, and Johnny Wilson. Uh, those two guys are outstanding, as I said. And uh, the quarterback, he's been sitting behind quarterbacks there in Tallahassee for four years. Tate Rodemaker, he stepped in when Travis went down last week and took care of business. And I'm sure offensive coordinator Alex Atkins will be dialing up some uh, simple plays maybe to get him off the gate okay. But he knows the system real well. He's been there for a while. And then Adam Fuller and Randy Shannon, the co-defensive coordinators there for the Knowles, will try and get uh, Mike Norvell's uh, Seminoles on track early and often against a backup quarterback, a young freshman quarterback. Who do you like in this one? It's going to be interesting, but the uh, Gators are catching six and a half against the undefeated Knowles that are trying to show that even though they don't have their starting quarterback, that their backup quarterback, Rodemaker, is good enough for them to be in the playoff. And if they can take care of business handily in the swamp, maybe they'll get some of that consideration back. Yeah, I mean, losing losing Travis is just – I mean, that's just horrible for them because I felt like Florida State uh, was the second-best team in the country, KT, right there behind Michigan. And him going down just has changed a lot of dynamics. Now, look, they're still a really good football team, right? Last year uh, last year they beat uh, Florida at home by seven. Right before that, Florida had ran off three in a row. I was trying to make a case for the Gators here – but I'd like to get the touchdown or seven, seven and a half. Uh, for me, it's just a stay away. If I had to play the game, though, I would actually take Florida. I think this is a that's a tough ask for a backup quarterback to go into the swamp. I know Florida hasn't been impressive, but to your point, KT, they have speed. This is a rivalry, and we know how these rivalry games go, especially on the road. Yeah, and there's no doubt. I mean, that game at Missouri, a lot of people thought they may get blown out in that game. And then when Mertz went down, they still were able to hang in, only lost 33-31. So uh, they have been scoring points. And like you said, the offense has been moving. Uh, and, and when you have a good combination at running back, and they do with Montreal Johnson Jr. and Trevor Etienne, uh, that gives you that one-two punch, and that'll help take some pressure off the young quarterback until he's uh, feeling comfortable there. But they are at home in the swamp, so he won't have to go against that uh, the chop over there in Tallahassee. Should be a fun one. All right, Washington State, Washington. I talked with Megalox about this game, this game in Seattle, and uh, the lines come down a point. Washington was favored 16.5, but down to 15.5. Jake Dickard and the Cougs uh, going to Seattle against Kalen DeBoer. And DeBoer, transitioning from Fresno State, had a nice 
nice year last year, but an incredible year this year. And Penix Jr. has answered the bell big time. Uh, Odunze may be the best receiver in the game. I mean, this guy's absolutely unbelievable. He's got a ton of touchdowns. And then you, we have Jalen Polk as well. Uh, what a great combination. As I had told, these two guys have combined for 19 touchdowns, over 2,100 yards, and 121 connect, uh, you know, connections there with Penix Jr. So if the defense can slow down Wazoo and Cam Ward, you know, folks are thinking there in Seattle that Washington's going to be unbeaten and perhaps a rematch against Oregon, who lead Oregon State 21-7 at Autzen Stadium at the half in Eugene. Yeah, uh, KT, I can't step in front of Washington. I made that mistake last week. I tried to pick it out. I thought Oregon State was the right side. I know a lot of sharp guys was on Oregon State. Washington's just too good to step in front of. Um, however, 16-and-a-half, I still believe in Ward. I know Washington State, I know Wazoo, they they really, I mean, they really came out firing and then just kind of fell off. But, again, these rivalry games, you got the Apple Cup. Uh, I, I just couldn't bring myself to lay 16-and-a-half. But if I had to play the game, if it was the only game on the board and I was forced to play it, I would lean Washington. I just think they're one of the four best teams. I think they have been all year long. And, KT, I know it's a little off topic, but let's say Oregon beats them in a close game next week. I don't Mm. care whose record is what. Oregon and Washington both deserve to be in the college football playoff. It's the toughest conference in college football. It's not even close. If both of those teams finish with one loss, they should be in the four. Not a one-loss Ohio State, not a one-loss Georgia. These two teams are one are two of the top four teams in the country. Yeah, it's going to be tough, though, because, uh, I mean, here's the thing. If Bama beats Georgia in a close game, you're going to have the SEC folks saying, hey, we deserve two nods because Georgia hasn't lost. And then, you know, it's, it's going to get crazy like that. I mean, to where, uh, okay, so let's say, let's say Georgia beats Bama. So they're in, right? I mean, there's no question they're in. They haven't lost in 29 games, whatever it is. Uh, so, so they would be one spot for sure. The winner of Michigan-Ohio State still has to get past Iowa. And, again, it sounds easy because Iowa is so offensively challenged. But their defense is uh, – and their special teams are always solid. But, nonetheless, uh, you would figure whoever wins that game tomorrow, they're unbeaten. They are going to finish unbeaten in the Big Ten. So you're not going to be able to keep out an undefeated Big Ten team to a one-loss Oregon or a one-loss Washington. Washington has to win out and, and make, to make sure they hold on to one of those four spots. Oregon right now, they're still at the mercy of uh, you know, everything. And, and, and the best-case scenario probably for uh, you know, some of these teams are you know, maybe Alabama you know, knocks off Georgia. I mean, and and does it by 10 points, 14 points. If they did that, that could take the SEC out completely because you could have, you know, undefeated teams from the Pac-12. I mean, and and, and still Florida State. If Florida State buries Florida, if they bury Florida tomorrow and then they go and take care of business in the ACC championship game easily, they're still going to be unbeaten. They're going to show that Rodemaker may be a guy that, yeah, you don't know about him, but he's been a backup for four years, and maybe he's adequate enough to replace Travis and uh, keep the Knowles hopes alive. So it's going to be real interesting. This is where, really, we wish that we had the 12-team playoff this season, no question. Yeah, absolutely. Um, But I tell you what, looking ahead, and we'll get into it next week, but I think Alabama beats uh, Georgia, and I think them catching four and a half right now on a look ahead, uh, I mean, I just think that's absolutely great value 
to be getting Alabama with that many points in an SEC title game. There you go. All right. Well, yeah, we will definitely get to that. But looking ahead, that's where uh, John's leaning right now, giving you a little uh, cat out of the bag there. Last college game, and then we'll uh, take a break. San Jose State and UNLV. In fact, you know what? We're going to save that. We're going to take our break now so I don't go long. UNLV at home tomorrow at Allegiant Stadium against San Jose State. And uh, can the Rebs wrap up the regular season crown in the Mountain West, or does San Jose State? Set up a date with UNLV next week in San Jose by knocking off UNLV. I know the people there in Boise, they're interested because Boise State took care of Air Force today, and Boise State would play UNLV at Allegiant Stadium for that Mountain West crown if indeed UNLV is victorious tomorrow. We take a break, come back. John Cole, BCCS Sports, SportsX Radio, 101.5 FMK Dawn. We stream live on that Odyssey app, A-U-D-A-C-Y. Download it. It is free. It is worldwide, and it is dynamite. And so is John Cole. So is BCCS Sports. And so is my producer, Mark Hoke. The Mark Hoke Show, Sunday mornings, 8 a.m. to 10 a.m., the best in professional wrestling. You're listening to SportsX Radio with Ken Thompson, live from Vegas. We're coming right back. Mark Hoke's spinning the hits, baby. A little uh, theme from Pulp Fiction as we come on back here, SportsX Radio, on a Friday football fiasco. KT rocking and rolling and uh, talking some sports with my good pal from BCCS Sports, John Cole. Do not forget, email John, J-O-N, at BCCSports.com, and uh, he will take care of you as far as all the different things going on. He's got uh, from tomorrow... Uh, he's going to give you a package from tomorrow through Christmas Eve, and that'll include NHL, NFL, and they're 43 games over 500 in the NFL. You kidding me? Uh, NHL having a great year. Uh, NBA off to a nine and three start, four games over 500 as far as college basketball. John J O N at bccsports.com. Go to the website bccsports.com and put in that uh, promo code halftime with a capital H, and uh, you will be uh, taken care of by my good pal, John Cole. John, I saved one college game for us just because it's the hometown Rebels, and what a job Barry Onab's done in his first year. Brent Brennan's done a nice job in his seventh year uh, rallying the troops there with San Jose State because we knew uh, Chavin Cordero, outstanding quarterback. He was preseason Mountain West Player of the Year, and he's living up to the billing. He's uh, playing outstanding ball. They've won five in a row. And Kyrie Robinson out of the backfield has been outstanding. Former quarterback Nick Nash, excellent receiver, leads the Spartans there. Their defense is stingy as well. They're playing great ball, a lot of chemistry there. But the Rebels, to me, are a team that is a team of destiny. And Barry Odom has Jade Maeva, the kid from Liberty High School right here in Vegas, just uh, winging that ball around and uh, working it in to Ricky White, who's the best receiver in the Mountain West by far. Jacob DeJesus, good speed there. And then four running backs, including the freshman Jaden Dam- uh, Jaden Thomas, the Jet. Uh, Vincent Davis coming over from Pitt. Donovan Lester, Courtney Reese, all these guys chipping in. The defense has been phenomenal. And I really enjoy uh, this team. And I'm hoping they can take care of business outright tomorrow and win the Mountain West and uh, set up a date with Boise at Allegiant Stadium. Boise State beating Air Force today. Jackson Woodard uh, leads that linebacking core and tackling machine. Uh, He is, and he came on the show and joined me earlier this week. What about at UNLV at home, minus two and a half 
at home the Rebs are against San Jose State, a good, solid Spartan team that's red hot. And uh, this should be one heck of a game. I'm looking forward to it. High noon in Vegas tomorrow. John, what about it? Man, I, KT, this is going to be one of the sneaky best games of the day, right? Like, I know everybody's going to get caught up Alabama-Auburn and, and all those type of games, but this is going to be a good one. I mean, UNLV 9-2, and two, but KT, they're 10-1 and one ATS. UNLV is 10-1 and one ATS. They've just had a great year. But, look, San Jose State, they start out the gates really slow. Remember, we thought they'd be really good, but they've turned it on, to your point, as of late. But look in this matchup, eight and two straight up against UNLV, uh, and seven two and one against the number last year. They put it on them forty to seven. I know this is a much different UNLV team, but I think Cordero and the gang. I like the dog here to give them the up uh, the upset outright uh, to upset UNLV and set that date for them to lock back up next week. KT. Ah oh, man, I'm telling you, I'm looking forward to uh, the game tomorrow. And I, I hope UNLV wins it. I, I hope the crowd is big. I've been giving it out all week, and I know uh, fans were always saying, look, if, if this team starts winning, you know, we'll get out to Allegiant Stadium. Because it is. You're playing in an NFL stadium, and, you know, it's tough for a Mountain West team. If it's an SEC team, yeah, you're going to probably pack the place. But, look, when you go 9-2 and two and you're scoring, you know, 40 points a game the offense, I mean, it's, it's absolutely incredible what this team has done this season. It is a dream season, and I'm hoping the Rebs can close it out and then set up a date with Boise State because I want them to have the home field advantage. But I got a lot of respect for Coach Brennan and San Jose State and Chavin Cordero, uh, one of my favorite quarterbacks to watch in the country, not only in the Mountain West. So it'll be a lot of fun, but I'll be pulling for the Rebs. And, folks, uh, real quick, make sure, 739, you know the 702 for Vegas, 739-3267, 739-FANS, 739-FANS, Call, get your tickets, or just go online right now, UNLVtickets.com, San Jose State UNLV, high noon tomorrow at Allegiant Stadium. A Rebels win. Uh, either way, they're going to be in the Mountain West Championship game. But to avoid having to go to San Jose, staying at home to play Boise, they got to take care of business against the Spartans tomorrow. So I'm hoping they could do that, and they are minus 2.5 on the uh, line. And like John said, 10-1 and one against the number. All right, John, let's jump in. we got if they, about 10 uh, go ahead. Real quick. JT, if they win the game, do you, do you put them in the top 25 next week? I think they totally deserve it if they get this win. Oh, yeah, I'm hoping for sure. Uh, you know, as long as they end there, when they, when the, look, it, it's kind of like Kenny Rogers with the old, you know, uh, when, when you're gambling, man, when you're playing cards, it'll be time to count your money when the, when the, when the dealing's done, baby. So, uh, you know, Coach Odom could care less if he's in the top 25. Hey, get him to that championship game and uh, then set him up with a nice bowl game on New Year's Day, potentially, if they can run the table. So uh, let's see if they can get it done tomorrow. Uh, NFL, Atlanta, and New Orleans. Let's go there uh, first game. But my first, I, I just have to ask you, how the hell are you doing it in the NFL to be that many games over 500? It's, it is a, one of the toughest leagues to beat because of the numbers. I mean, and, and you're just, I mean, I know you do teasers and you do, you know, totals and sides, but you do a ton of sides and you do real well. Now, I know uh, a lot of times, you, look, I'm the same way. If a, if a spread's two and a half or something, you'll play money line. You don't like to uh, always lay those points and get burned. In fact, I, I did it last week with Denver. I took Denver money line, and I'm lucky because they only won by one on that Sunday night game against Minnesota, a game they probably had no business winning at all. And they found a way to win it by one. And if you laid yep. the two and a half, you got nothing. So, you know, sometimes it comes into play. You know what? As, as I always tell people, my original partner, Chuck Edel, says, you don't pay the juice 
if you win the bet. Uh, that's exactly right, KT. And it's just about finding spots. Again, uh, everybody looks at their what they see with their eyes, and they, they think back to last week. And last week doesn't matter, uh, especially in the NFL. Look, the, the odds makers know what they're doing. It's just like the stock market. It's a numbers game. It really has very little to do about the teams. The crazy thing about it was, KT, until yesterday, we were actually 45 games over. It got a little beat up there with the Seahawks. But, um, look, we, we've had a great season. I really love the card this weekend in the NFL. Look, if nothing else, just give me a shot for, for this weekend in the NFL. Um, there's five games I absolutely love. Uh, look, you, you've been getting these plays, KT. But it's real easy. We go three and two, four and one, make people money. Uh, so would love the opportunity. But, yeah, we've had a great season in the NFL with our team, me and Kenny. All right. So two teams off the bye that are going to go head-to-head. We know Des Ritter back at the helm there for the Falcons. Uh, should be an interesting game with New Orleans coming in. Look, the Saints are 5-5. Five and five. They're in first place in that uh, weak NFC South. They're now favored a point and a half, 41 and a half against Hotlanta. What do you do with Arthur Smith in his third year? The Falcons, they're at home against Dennis Allen. A lot of people already calling for his head in New Orleans despite the 5-5 five and five record. Who do you like in this one? Look, I can't trust either one of these teams. Uh, I was going to lean Atlanta, but two things got me off of it. A, the Saints are 8-2 and two straight up against the Falcons in their last 10 meetings. Uh, they've won six of the last seven of those. And the fact that Desmond Ritter's back at quarterback, I would have liked the Falcons with Taylor Heineke. The fact that Ritter's playing, uh, you either go Saints or you don't bet the game here. They're just I can't back Desmond Ritter. He's not an NFL quarterback. The Saints aren't very good either. But, look, I'll take Carr any day over Ritter. There you go. Can't, can't argue with that, no doubt about it. Speaking of Carr, his old team, they will be at home on Sunday. And I've been getting tattooed uh, – you know, in college football, I'm hoping the NFL will be okay to me this week. I just, I just have a feeling the way the Raiders are playing under Antonio Pierce. And look, it wasn't a great game in Miami, but it was good enough. I mean, they were playing the Dolphins who were coming off a bye, staying home, and the Raiders had to travel there after playing the Jets Sunday night football. So I, there's just something telling me that this team is totally focused in and they're going to be ready for Kansas City, who comes off the short week. And I know the Chiefs losing, you know, people are like, ah, oh, they're not going to lose two in a row. Look, this KC offense is not scoring at all in the second half of games. I mean, the last two uh, games, they haven't even scored a point in the second half. We know Patrick Mahomes is solid. We know Pacheco's pretty good. And there's receivers there. And if you stay on Kelsey, they still have other players that can make plays if they make them. And we saw Valdez-Scantling drop the one there at the end. Otherwise, you know, they're probably going to get that victory against Philadelphia on Monday night. But they did not. And I'm just wondering if uh, if you're on the same page as me, because I think Vegas is going to win this game outright. And, uh, you know, I know they're catching 10 now. So uh, the money keeps going on Kansas City. 43-and-a-half is the total. I'm just wondering why this line just keeps climbing up. Well, look, KT, uh, I, I, always, I come on here and talk about 43 games over, but you know me, I'm always honest too, right? I said yesterday we 0-2, but Monday we got our hearts ripped out. Scantling dropping that ball. We had Chiefs money line. Kelsey fumbling inside the 10. This Chiefs team, I get it, Pat Mahomes is great, but listen, this Chiefs team is not a Super Bowl team. Now, they might fool around and wind up in the AFC Championship game just because I don't think there's a dominant team. 
But listen, they're not the same team. Check this out, KT. The Chiefs are 2-5 and five against the number of their last seven games as a road favorite of over three and a half points. Even longer, they're 8-21-1 against the number of their last 30 games as more of a three and a half point favorite. And against the AFC West, they're 3-7 and seven against the spread their last 10. Meanwhile, the Raiders 4-0 their last four home games against the number and 7-2 and against the spread versus a team with a winning record. The Raiders show up. They got some juice. I told you earlier in the year I liked O'Connell, thought they should start him earlier in the year, right? Uh, I like the Raiders here. I'm with you, KT. I, I think plus 10 is a bargain. Um, I took him in the circuit contest this week. I really like the Raiders. And I, I can see what you're saying. I can see them sneaking up and beating the Chiefs. The Chiefs have owned them. But, look, plus 10, you've got to take the Raiders. They're playing well. The Chiefs are playing mediocre. Yeah, here's the thing with the Raiders, too. If they lose, this season's pretty much done. I mean, you're going to be 5-7, and seven, even if you run the table 10-7, and seven, but you're going to be so far behind teams that you've got to jump over tiebreaker-wise. I just think if they get to 6-6, six and six, they go into the bye week, and then they have a chance. But I'm seeing now that Max Crosby is doubtful, and that is huge. That's why that line has climbed. I did not know that uh, up until today. I've been doing so much work, and I did not see that. That just came across to me. And uh, so Max Crosby, doubtful. That is a major loss. And now it makes sense why that line has climbed. Uh, He is the catalyst of that defense, and if he doesn't go – that is a major blow, and, and I don't think you risk his health. Uh, he is the heart and soul of that defense, but that is a major loss. And if he's not the ever-ready bunny coming after uh, Mahomes, the, the Raiders are probably going to be up against it. So, uh, unfortunately for me, I've already played that game and, and did not realize earlier in the week that he was even uh, considered that he was doubtful for this game. Yeah, I, I didn't know that either. I'm like you. I've been working all day, was traveling back. And then got right into making sure I had all the – didn't miss anything for the weekend. So, uh, But, hey, look, I'm still going to ride the Raiders. I get that he's out. But, again, I like the juice of Pierce. I still think it's a good play, KT. I really do. I like the Raiders in this spot. There you go. Well, I'm in. There's nothing I can do. It's already in. It's already been played. So, uh, unfortunately, <laughs> I won't have the 10. I have nine and a half. But we'll see. And I also sprinkled some on the money line. So, I'll hope that the team can – rally around each other and uh, get the W against KC anyway. All right, real quick, let me uh, just throw at least one or two more at you as far as the NFL, John, and uh, let me get that that Rams-Cardinals game. I know it doesn't mean much to a lot of people, but if you can make money on it, uh, people will listen. Look, I like the way the Cardinals are playing with uh, Kyler Murray. Yes, they've missed on some stuff and timing's off, but you get this guy back. He's showing that he still has it. Now, Rams are two-and-a-half-point favorite, 45-and-a-half. Do you like anyone in this game, or is this one of these games just to just kind of lay low because it doesn't mean either uh, nothing really to either team? Well, look, I, to be honest with you, I do like the game, KT. I think if you buy the hook and take the Cardinals – plus the three here, lay the dollar twenty. I think that's the way to go. Look, they've got some juice with Kyler Murray back. They're 5-1 and one against the number, their last six home games, right? Uh, and the Rams, yeah, I know Stafford and all that, but listen, this is a Cardinals team that was playing tough uh, before Murray got back. Now that Murray's back, he can make plays. That Rams defense isn't very good. I know Matt Stafford can light it up. But I think if you can get a three or buy it two, three, 
I would side with the Cardinals here. All right. I can't disagree there. I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to root for them. Uh, my brother-in-laws both uh, enjoy the Cardinals and want a season ticket, so uh, we'll see how all that shakes out on Sunday. And want to get the Monday night game in. It's the Vikings and Bears, and I, I'm intrigued by this Vikings team. They're at home. They're minus three, 43 is the total. I like the way Dobbs keeps fighting and, and this Vikings team. Kevin O'Connell, to me, is, is a coach that, you know, he, he's just a, he's a good coach, and they've been doing this without Jefferson for a while. I love Hawkinson. That guy's a, a beast at tight end. And, uh, look, I'm not – a lot of people just want to throw Justin Fields in the trash. I think there's potential there. I mean, I know he was banged up, but I still I still believe that Justin Fields can be a starting quarterback in this league. If it doesn't work out with the Bears, I'm sure someone else will give him an opportunity. What about you on the Monday night game? Vikings are at home, minus three, 43 the total. Well, look, I mean, Minnesota had their hearts ripped out, but I'm with you right now. I think Justin Fields is playing for his job. I mean, look, the Bears are going to have a top five pick. Uh, I don't think Eberflus will be back, nor do, nor should he be back. But on the flip side, I think the Bears, the organization, they got to find out is Justin Fields going to be the guy or not. And I think he knows that, and I think he's going to let it all hang out. Look, Minnesota is impressive as they've been. They're two and six ATS their last eight home games, um, so they they haven't been overly impressive there in that part of it. But even worse, KT as a home favorite. They're 0-5 against the spread, right? So when I look at that, I know the Bears, they're, they're kind of teetering. Minus 165, minus 170 is a little little too high for my liking on the Vikings' money line. Um, but listen, I, I, I think you go with the Bears here. I can see this being a field goal game. The fact that it's indoors plays the field's advantage being able to run around. Believe it or not, I would lean Bears here plus the three-and-a-half KT, and that might even touch four by game time. What about the total real quick, 43? Because indoors, I'm thinking uh, maybe these teams can score some points because that Bears offense at times looks pretty good when Fields is able to run. And indoors on the turf, I think he may be able to uh, you know, get some yardage there. And, and then uh, you know, Minnesota's got weapons still, even without Jefferson there. Uh, they should be able to score some points, or is it a total you just stay away from? It's probably right where it should be. I think it's right where it should be. Again, Minnesota's defense has been really good, and the Bears' defense has gotten better, right? Um, but listen, to your point, KT, you make a really good point. You put Fields and Dobbs both running around making plays. You know, can that thing be 14 to 10 at halftime and you got it halfway there, right? Um, right. Now, if you're stuck at more of like a 7-7, I would worry a little bit because both teams want to get to the fourth quarter, right? So uh, I think the number's right where it should be. So I I would kind of lay off of that. But I will say this, again, you know I play a lot of two-team seven-pointers. I pay the extra juice. I want the extra point with it. I've just had a lot of success in my career doing it. I know a lot of people don't. But, look, this would be a good opportunity, KT, Take the Bears up to plus 10.5 with over 36. I could hop on that train. There you go. All right, great stuff as always, John Cole. Go enjoy the weekend. Keep up the great work, and thanks for uh, helping people out here at SportsX Radio throughout the football season and now basketball, hockey, all that other stuff rolling. John, J-O-N, at bccssports.com. Email John. Let him know you like listening to him on SportsX Radio and then the great packages that he's got set up. Uh, John, one more time, just cover it real quick. 
Yeah, uh, if you go on the website, bccsports.com, put in the promo code HALFTIME with a capital H, you get any package 50% off. Again, we have a, we've had a great season since April 1st, total across all sports. We're setting at 93 games over 500 across all sports. We still got till March 31st to try to hit 150 for the 15th consecutive year this would be. Or you can email me, jon at bccsports.com. I'll give you from this weekend all the way through Christmas Eve, kind of help people through the Christmas season, 30 bucks if you email me, and I can give you a special code, but you got to email me for that. John, great stuff. Appreciate you, my man. We'll talk to you next Friday. God bless, brother. God bless. Thanks, KT. All right, great stuff. All right, take our final break and come back with Sisau. He's got a couple games, uh, one with the side in total. Uh, before I go, again, demographically, if you fall between 40 and 72 years of age, Preventative Diagnostic Center, Dr. John Pierce, 2018 Alumni of the Year out of UNLV. Dr. Pierce has it going on because he's got the only scanner of its kind in the region that gives you early detection before signs and symptoms of more than two dozen ailments like heart disease and lung disease. The Preventative Diagnostic Center, pdcenterlv.com is the website, pdcenterlv.com. Call now, leave your name and number. They'll get back to you, set up that free educational consultation. Make sure you tell them Ken Thompson Sports X Radio sent you. Again, you know the 702 for Vegas, 534 534-7900, 534-7900. Sports X Radio's Ken Thompson sending you to the Preventative Diagnostic Center demographically. If you're between 40 years of age and 72, you can use that scanner. Comfortable scan takes just a few minutes. A few days later, you get a detailed report from a board-certified radiologist. Heart CT scan and calcium score special. This is fantastic. $600 value. Cost you $125 to get your heart checked out, and then your significant other absolutely free. So the two of you get your hearts checked out. $1,200 value. Total $125. Early detection is key. Get peace of mind. Take charge of your health. Preventative Diagnostic Center, 534-7900. Take our final break. Come back with Jonathan Sasowski, a.k.a. Sisow. Wrap things up live from Vegas at PSBR Law Studios. I'm Ken Thompson. You're listening to SportsX Radio. We'll be right back. Kenny Loggins picking things up here on a Friday football fiasco. KT about out of here, but save time for Sisau. Uh, meanwhile, 24-7 Oregon and Bo Nix taking care of business as they lead Oregon State. Late third quarter, about three minutes to go in that third quarter. Uh, again, the spread still uh, up in the air as that game closing Oregon minus 14. Meanwhile, Texas, you laid the points with Texas. You don't have to sweat anything. Don't even watch the fourth quarter. You're on cruise control. 50 50- to seven Longhorns making a statement against Texas Tech. My goodness, uh, Joey McGuire, man, probably wants to uh, get away for a while. The old Southwest Airline commercial. 42 nothing. Penn State buried Michigan State. End of the uh, Sparty season. And uh, Chris Wynn's probably a happy camper. He backs the Spartans, but my goodness, that's crazy. <laughs> Meanwhile, the spread, the uh, total in that game was 43. It ends 42 nothing. So you come a point short. Penn State nearly put it over themselves, but they easily cover the 22-and-a-half. Close out with my good pal Jonathan Sasowski, 38-and-20 on the year. The guy is phenomenal. He's unreal. Sisow. Uh, Sisler Collegiate. He loves his college football. He loves his college basketball as well. He follows them all. He's got a five-leg parlay right now working NFL. He hit a four-teamer last week and sending me all these pictures. And I'm like, 
you know what? I'm just going to give you guys my money. You guys bet it because KT's not having the greatest year. So <laughs> I'll just I'll just let sis. I'll just let you guys take take my money and just tell me how I did. Uh, just uh, just make uh, direct deposits into KT's bank account. I'll be happy. Uh, listen, we got the big. Let's let's just go to the big game because I only have about three minutes. I I didn't give you much time now, but Michigan Ohio State. Because uh, you got a different angle on this game than most everybody else I've talked to, so take the floor, Michigan, Ohio State, break it down. Kenny, happy post Thanksgiving. Thanks for having me on. Yep, here we go, the big one, Ohio State, Michigan. You look at uh, basically in the trenches, both Ohio State's front seven solid uh, with Jim Knowles running that group, especially with Tommy Eichenberg and then Michigan's offensive line, clean pockets. I said from day one that offensive line can counter an opposition's best pass rush, and. For Kyle McCord and Ohio State, it's going to be difficult, especially with 100,000 fans in attendance. And for Michigan, J.J. McCarthy, 23-1 as a starter, Blake Corum, Donovan Edwards running the football. I'm leaning Michigan on this one, three and a half. I actually handicapped this at minus five. So I'll give you a double play on this one. Give me good old Sparty. Uh, excuse me, Sparty. Sorry, Chris Wynn. Give me Michigan minus three and a half. And give me the point total over 46. I'm looking at a final score of 31-20 Michigan in this one. There you go. So the maize and blue and the over. And then the game from the swamp. I'm interested to see what you say there because I played this game. Florida at home, backup quarterback, going against the backup quarterback, four-year backup quarterback there for Florida State and Rodemaker uh, filling in for Jordan Travis. But in the swamp, six and a half. This line has stayed steady at six and a half. FSU the favorite, undefeated 11-0, and trying to close out the regular season. And rightfully so, too, Ken. I mean, this is like an appetizer for next year with two starting quarterbacks, Tad Rodmaker and uh, Max Brown. Kind of loses a little bit of luster with no Jordan Travis and Graham Mertz. But don't tell that to the Seminoles. Uh, there's, they still got their national title hopes on the line. And, yeah, the Gators are 5-6. and six. They really should have beaten Missouri last week. That game just slipped through their hands on a couple of critical third and longs that they gave up from uh, Connor Cook. But this is going to be the Seminoles' toughest game. We talk about the rivalry. We talk about playing in the swamp. And both teams are going to just stick with the ground game. We're not going to have a shootout like we had last year, 45-3 in Tallahassee. Look for basically Billy Napier and Mike Norvell to keep it simple. Stay ahead of the chains. Run the ball. Trey Benson with the Seminoles. Trevor Antien, Markel Johnson for the Gators. Just a lot of ground and pound, milk clock. Give your young quarterbacks a lot of second and third down man- and, and manageable uh, downs and just keep the chains moving. Keep it simple. It would not shock me, Ken, if the Gators win this game outright, take the Gators plus six and a half, and they will want nothing more for Billy Napier to get that signature win over the Seminoles and ruin their national title hopes. There you go. And be bowl eligible, no doubt. That is huge. Absolutely. I'm glad you played it that way. I feel better because I did take – uh, the Gators, so maybe I'll get one. Uh, I'm hoping I can. Meanwhile, Gary Bryant Jr. just went down for Oregon. That is tough. Uh, he looks like he's hurt pretty bad. That's the third leading receiver there mm-hmm. for the Ducks. Thanks to Sisau. Thanks to uh, John Cole. And, of course, thanks to Megalox. And thanks to you, the listeners, and my producer, Mark Hoke. Till Monday, you know the rules. No drinking and driving. No texting and driving. Most of all, God bless her troops. God bless you. Live from Vegas, PSBR Law Studios, Ken Thompson on a SportsX Radio Friday football fiasco. Folks, have a great weekend. Be safe. Bet with your head, not over it. God bless, folks. Have a great weekend. Good night, everybody.